Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Dom Tolley of the American Red Cross about the Red Cross's new approach to life-saving technique training. This episode is sponsored by the American Red Cross. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Dominic Tolley, Senior Vice President of Product Management and Platform Development for the American Red Cross. Welcome to, welcome to the show, Dom. Thank you, Jay. Good to be here. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, reimagining how you learn and teach first aid, CPR, AED, um, a new approach that the Red, American Red Cross has come up with to, uh, to sort of teach these critical life-saving skills. Um, so uh, I guess before we kind of dig into that, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do with the American Red Cross. Uh, sure. Um, Dom Tolley, been with the Red Cross about 10 years. Uh, my current position is, is product management and platform development, and what that means is we're responsible to uh, create new courses and launch them into the marketplace, and our responsibility is also to update the courses that have been uh, within the Red Cross for, ex for a number of years and making sure they're both educationally and medically accurate. Excellent. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, my audience here is, you know, folks who work in uh, environmental health and safety, uh, you know, for their companies. Uh, what makes, you know, this kind of training, first aid, CPR, AED, so important for those companies? I mean, what makes it so important is that the person within their company that gets trained on this service um, trend, tend to be the first people that arrive on the scene. Um, in 1971, OSHA enacted laws that said if a workplace is more than four minutes away from EMS help arriving, that they need people trained in first aid to be able to help until help arrives. So really, you know, what we call these lay responders, these are people that have either volunteered or been selected by the company, and their job is to be the first person to actually respond to somebody who's got had a medical emergency. So they're a critical part of the link in order to get the person that's been injured to get them to help. Um, a lot of times they'll call 911. A lot of times they'll be the first ones starting to provide care. And then when EMS arrives, EMS takes over and the lay responder um, is, uh, has done their job for it. And the reason is obvious, right? It's just that workers can go to their workplace and they're protected, right? That means if God forbid, you know, your family or your father, or your sister, or your wife, you know, has a medical emergency at, at the, in the workplace, there's somebody there that can help them, and then there's professional medical help once EMS, EMS arrives to help them further. Um, and, you know, I guess, obviously, these are new new developments uh, for the Red Cross. How did you, you know, come up with these, uh, you know, with these changes? Is there new science that you kind of discovered, or how did it uh, come about? Sure, great question. Uh, we tend to look at our courses um, in what I call two scientific ways. One is that it doesn't have the latest medical science, such that we're giving the latest actions a person can take in giving first aid that has the highest probability of saving somebody's life. And then the second technology we focus on is educational. Um, how do we make sure that the courses are educationally superior such that the students are learning in the best way, such that they have retention, such that they can actually act in times of emergency? It's important to note that a lot of the people that take our first aid CPR AED courses are what in the industry is called lay responders. 
right? It's not their primary job. A lot of times people have put their hands up and said, sure, I'll volunteer and help if somebody has something, I'll be trained for it. So these people aren't necessarily trained to act in times of emergencies, to act in times of stress. And therefore, we made sure that our educational methods, we try to maximize the educational methods such that when a person is under stress, they do the correct actions, they do the right methodologies, such that the probability of saving somebody's life goes drastically up. Um, and I guess one of the new methods, uh, educational methods that you're using uh, is sort of the idea of active learning. Uh, I just wonder if you could tell us a little more about how these courses incorporate active learning. Sure. Um, active learning has the basis that everybody is always constantly learning in the classroom for it. Everyone's participating. Every, no, there's nobody just waiting around, right? Again, these are lay responders. What we're trying to do is try, you know, I'll call it develop those mental anchors in their mind such that when they're under stress and under real emergency, they can act properly. So with active learning, it's, it's a new methodology in our course. And what it does, again, it makes sure everybody's actively doing something in the course, because if they're actively doing something, they're gonna be learning. So we split people up into groups of three, and then we have one person, and there's a lot of skills in, in our class, right? So there's one person doing the skill, there's one person that's, that's doing the coaching of the skill and reading a sheet of paper, and there's another person observing. So mm -hmm. everybody's now doing something when that skill's going on. And then we rotate positions such that the person who is doing the skill is now doing the observing, the person who is doing the observing is now doing the coaching, and the person who's doing the coaching is now doing the skills, and we just keep everybody active. And what we're trying to do is get different methodologies of having people learn it, again, such that in times of stress, and times of emergency, they're, they're, they have more, you know, more paths to call out upon that content and act appropriately. And I guess that it's sort of as opposed to, you know, having a, a, a class full of people listening to one person talk, you're actually kind of more involved. Exactly. I mean, and you're actually doing something right. You know, so in, in some of our older classes, you know, person be waiting their turn. Right. So right. while they're waiting, you know, now we kind of said, well, instead of just letting a person wait, why don't we have that person coach? And by coach, we mean just read the skill sheet to the person doing the skills. Right. They're not the actual coach. They're not the instructor who's, who's giving all the expert uh, advice, but they're just learning by reading. They're learning by helping. Um, and we find that's just a different way. Some people learn in various ways. and just helps reinforce the education in the class. Um, and what are some other techniques, uh, if any, that uh, the Red Cross is doing to encourage uh, sort of that students are feeling confident, um, you know, in these situations? Sure. Um, obviously, the top way students learn is by doing. Not a surprise, right? So mm -hmm. they learn by doing. The next method they've learned by is lecture um, for that. So what we've done in this course is the, the amount of time students are actually doing skills and participating has drastically increased. Um, in our old course, about 30% of the time during the course, a student would be be doing something such as a skill performance or a skill demonstration. In the new course, we've upped that to 50%, um, such that now the students are more active, you know, more of the course is actually doing, more of the course is participating, and we're finding that because of that, you know, students are going to remember it more, particularly under uh, times of duress. Um, we've also tried to simplify the instructions and the actions that a lay responder needs to take. Again, right, this isn't their primary job. So to the extent you can simplify it, give them the key actions they need to take in order to save a life, we think that's going to increase the probability that when an emergency does arise, 
they take the proper actions. And, and was this sort of um, because of a, like, were you sort of, I know you said you sort of constantly review um, the courses. Was it just sort of something that you felt was necessary to uh, increase participation or effectiveness? How did you sort of uh, come, you know, come up with the, uh, the idea to do this? Sure. Um, underpinning all of the classes that uh, the Red Cross um, launches and is in the marketplace is, is there's a scientific advisory committee. That is a it's it's a it's a committee of about 50 world-renowned doctors and medical professionals that have both you know resuscitation expertise, first aid expertise, education expertise. So we're always working with with those um, with those folks in order to get the best educational methods and the best medical science into our courses. So we're constantly looking: how do we make it better? How do we make it easier to remember? How do we make it such that a late responder has more confidence to respond? How do we make it such that a lay responder responds properly for that? So we're always looking at, this, at the sciences um, that make up our courses and always looking to improve it because we know at the, at, you know, the starting point is you're trying to save somebody's life, right? So, that, so the better you can educate somebody, the better you can give them you know, the latest medical advice on what to do, um, hopefully the higher probability they have of making an impact on saving a person's life. Um, and obviously, you know, You've got companies that are in, vary in size, uh, different industries and professions, different needs. How do your how do your courses adjust for these variances, um, if at all? Sure, Jay, you hit it right on on the spot. Right, um, different companies have different training needs. Now, I would also state that different comp that different locations within the same company have different training needs. So, for example, if you're a manufacturing um, company you're going to have different training needs than a, a, co a company that's full um, that has lawyers in it right you're different environments and therefore you're exposed to different emergencies need taken care of um, so what we've done is we've introduced this concept called skill boosts and what that enables companies to do is to customize the training to their environment and or to their location right so we have five skill boosts that they can train to um, that enables them to give additional training to the lay responder based on the first day training they need in their particular location. So we have, you know, anaphylaxis administration, we have asthma administration, life-threatening eating and tourniquets, opioid overdose, you know, and then joint injury. Um, it's just another way that companies can then customize their first day training to their entire company or to the particular locations, right? You could have a large manufacturing company that in the manufacturing shop, you want to do um, training on uh, where a person could maybe have severe bleeding or have, you know, head, neck, and muscle injuries. And then in the headquarters, you're probably not going to run into that, so you'll probably just do the basic course. Mm. And uh, we find that customers now, through skill boosts, are able to customize the training that they need um, to their locations. Yeah, the skill boosts, uh, that's uh, fascinating, especially the uh, severe bleeding and tourniquet um, uh, boost. How did you sort of, uh, did you get feedback that led you to kind of come up with that course? Yeah, I mean, we're, we, we, before, we're always in constant contact with our customers, right? About what are, what injuries are you seeing? What injuries do you want to be further trained on? And, and we've gotten, you know, the feedback that we have on the top five skill boost or this is what we want additional training on uh, for that. So that's why we customize the skill boost to enable them to be able to offer training on a per location basis. Um, and, are there any other uh, sort of new uh, 
changes that are that are coming you know sort of in the way you're presenting the course uh, you know because you mentioned sort of you're looking at different ways that students learn are you sort of presenting it differently at all um, great question we've uh, also introduced this technology called adaptive learning um, in our e-learning programs and basically um, there's a lot of students that have taken this course multiple times throughout the years and they've actually become experts um, in certain aspects of the field and they remember what CPR is, they remember what to do during first aid. So by in, so we've launched this adaptive learning now into the first aid CPR AED suite of courses. And basically what adaptive learning does is enables very experienced users to move much more quickly through the course. We ask a couple questions up front and then depending on how those customers, or I'm sorry, how those students answer it, we actually create a customized learning path through the e-learning. Um, so if they know a lot of it and they have it, they're gonna, they're gonna move much more quickly through the e-learning program. We're, we're still gonna make sure they pass the test. We're still gonna give them scenarios they need to pass, but we're not gonna require them to review the content because they've already demonstrated that they know the content. And you know, so they can move through the course in you know, 30 to 45 minutes. For new students that don't have that expertise, um, they're gonna they're gonna get a path that takes them through the entire course that takes them through all the content such that they learn it and to do all the testing and all the scenarios. So it's it's another way we've customized our e-learning program on a per student basis, based on what they know. And companies are telling us that it's great because the experienced people who you know volunteered for the last 10, 15 years, they can move much more quickly through the course, save time. They know the content, and then they go around to the skill portion of it. Um, so we find that that's being very effective uh, technology in our courses. Have the new courses been rolled out yet or is there a, a timeline? Are you kind of doing it gradually? Uh, no, the new courses rolled out on 12-1 last year. So they're in the marketplace. Uh, customers are now upgrading to the new course. They have until the end of August to do that. And we're getting great feedback um, on them. Uh, we've also introduced um, an ebook technology into our courses, and we're updating our mobile app technology to reflect the new science and, and some new uh, cert features in our mobile app. So we've really tried to take a holistic approach to you know give people the information not only in class but also um, in various touch points that they can have that information on their mobile app or in an ebook form, so they can use it as a reference or other thing they need to do. Uh, and what kind of feedback have you received from the companies that are uh, already using the new courses? Uh, so far, we've we've gotten um, great feedback, and that people are saying that you know, again for the people that know the content and have taken it, they're moving much more quickly through the courses. Um, you know, you know, we're hearing from others that they're saving tremendous amounts of time using this the technology we've incorporated in it. Um, the military training network. Um, which trains a lot of the folks in the military, um, they've given us feedback that they've saved about 75% of their time using the new technologies we have in these courses. Um, and we're getting great feedback, particularly on the skill boosts, right? Because now they can really customize their training um, to what they need in their corporation, and it's not one size fits all. So we've really opened up the training, allowed the flexibility, allowed the customization. And for those that have done it a long time, the adaptive learning lets move through the courses much more quickly. Um, and effectively, so we're so far we're hearing great feedback, and we're really proud of it. So the time saving is is mainly because you can focus on what you're really, you know, what your needs are, and what you're, you know, like you said, sort of customizing. It. Is that sort of instead of everybody going through the same 
course, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, you're, you're sort of focusing on the things that you really need to, to learn for your particular situation. Is that sort of what's saving the time? That's exactly right. Okay. And if you, if your adaptive learning creates a customized learning plan through the program. So if you know the, if you walk in and you know the content, your the time you spend in that course will be a lot less than somebody who doesn't know the content, which is appropriate. If you know it, I don't need to, I don't need to, I don't need death by PowerPoint. I don't need to show you information you already know. Right, right. You've proven you know it. I'm still going to test you on it, by the way. Right, I'm not going to let you. You can't. You still got to pass the test because uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. You know, the technology is great, and I'm going to make sure with a test that that we're all booked. That you're all uh, you're all sewn up on it. Have the, has the testing changed? Uh, you know, sort of to reflect the new. You know, in terms of like, is it electronically now? Because I, I haven't. I've I've taken the test. 20 years ago so i haven't done it in a while but um you know how is how is it uh how is it sort of administered now sure we offer a variety of formats that customers can choose to offer these courses to their environment so we do have strictly instructor-led training some 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 companies said look i want you know my i want my organization to come in i want the students to sit there and i want and the instructor is going to do the cognitive and then the instructor is going to do the skill the skill education and the skill check um, that's one format. The other is the blended format where, you know, all that cognitive is now available online. That's where the adaptive technology really helps act as a time saver. So people, you know, take the, can take it on their cell phones or can take it on their computers on the cognitive, the adaptive technology will move them quickly through it if they know the content and they still have to take a skill check, um, with the instructor. And then we also have other courses where if you really know that, if you really know both the cognitive and the skill, we have other courses that can enable you to demonstrate those skills very quickly uh, and be able to get your certification going forward there. And for the people who aren't lay responders, we also have online only courses. Um, OSHA requires that, you that you've demonstrated skills um, and typically a company will train 10% of their population in first aid CPR AED. And that we're finding is they'll use the online only component as a way to train, just give everybody else a general awareness of what they might need to do in case of emergency. And actually we're finding that other 90% can actually help the 10%. So when that 10% says, go get me an AED or go call 911, they, they, they know what they have, a uh, you know, a cognitive education of it for that. Um, I was wondering, uh, you know, obviously we've been mired in this pandemic for almost two years now. How has that impacted sort of what you do? Uh, is, I, I imagine there's a lot of folks who are, you know, working remotely, does that change how companies, uh, you know, are delivering this kind of, or, or having them take these courses? Are they, are they still required to do it even though like people aren't actually going in the office? Like how does that, how has that uh, changed over the last couple of years? Yeah. I mean, obviously when the pandemic first hit, there, there was a, there was a decrease in training, right? Mm -hmm. Everything was closed, right? No one was leaving the house. No one was leaving the business. Over time, that's opened up, and as we see corporations start to bring people back to work, we're starting to see their training increase um, for that. Now, the other technology we've rolled out, which is is um, is we do virtual training, and we enable our, our customers to do virtual training. So what that is, instead of coming into our office or us coming to your office, you literally stay at your house, and we'll mail you the mannequin, we'll mail you the gloves, we'll mail you the gauze, and then one of our instructors will, will you know, zoom in or teams in mm -hmm. and administer the skill check via that technology. So we're really starting to see, you know, the education is starting to change where, where people, 
or doing more and more virtual. Originally, it was because, look, I got to take, I got to have my certification. Um, I want to keep it moving. So I'll do it virtually because, but because, because we can't get together because it's COVID. Right. Now we're finding out the customers are actually choosing virtual because it's just more convenient, right? To do the online e-learning and then they, we, we select a time and then we, you know, zoom in or teams in and we, uh, we do the skill check um, remotely. And we're finding that starting to be a growing, growing part of our business because people like the convenience. Um, also, you know, people like being in their house and not necessarily getting with a group of people they don't know. Right, right. Um, so obviously lots of changes, um, you know, going on. How, how long will it take sort of to, to roll these new changes out, you know, sort of across the country and, and sort of get a good read on how people are reacting to them? Sure. I mean, again, we, we launched it in, uh, in December 1st of last year. And now you'll see every customer has a different time frame on when they can, you know, update to the new program. And like I said, we give them till the, the end of August to update to the new program. Mm -hmm. So some are starting to do that now and some will do, you know, it depends on their busy season, right? We don't want to dictate that you have to do it by January because that might be a horrible right. time for our customers. Right, right. They, oh, yeah, I got to do it in March. Great. Um, so we'll work with them. We'll update it. So by, by mid-year, all customers are required to be updated to the new uh, to the new program, to the new science, to the new education. Um, are there future changes that you hope to to do somewhere down the line? Have you, have you even thought that far down the road, or is it kind of all in on, on this right now and then sort of evaluate next August or so and, and then determine that? Yeah, I mean, we will continue to always look at our course, always hear feedback from our customers, always look at new educational methods that we're here. You know, we mentioned virtual. I, I think you'll see virtual continue to grow even after, fingers crossed, the pandemic starts to settle down. Um, again, I think people just like the convenience of it. So I, I think we're in a great phase now where, where, you know, the technology and the capabilities enable you to do training much, much more effectively, much more efficiently than just, you know, show up at my location for eight hours. Now it's like, look, do the e-learning. I'll, you know, I'll zoom into your house and we'll do the skill check there, right? Yeah. You would have told me that 10 years ago. I said, you're crazy. <laughs> I said, you're crazy. Uh, but people are doing it now, and it's working. And, and we're getting you know, we're getting people educated. We're getting people trained. Um, we're finding through our online only. Again, it's not for the lay responder, but we're finding a lot of corporations are assigning that to the other 90% of the corporation just so they have a general knowledge of it, yeah. which is great. Because, right, because those people, A, can help people in their workplace. These are the same people that go into their communities. These are the same people at a Little League game. These are the same people at a soccer match, right? And if, God forbid, something happens, they're there, and they can help. Um, so it really has a profound impact. So we're really excited the fact that, you know, that, we, that we've introduced new technologies to make people learn. Again, our whole, our whole job is to get people to react and to act properly in an emergency situation to save somebody's life. And we're always going to look at new educational methods. We're always going to look at, you know, the medical science. We look at it every year um, to make sure we're up to date. And if we're not up to date, um, we'll, we get up to date again. The whole mission is to save somebody's life. And, and we need, and that's our responsibility uh, to our customers and, and to the people in the, uh, in the general public. Well, Dom, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, keep up the good work. This is great stuff. Now, Jay, I appreciate your time. So I, thank you very much. That wraps up episode 96 of VHS on Tap. Thanks again to the American Red Cross for sponsoring this episode. You can find more information about the show and listen on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. 
You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope to join me next time.